Two words. Not good. That was the results of NFL Week 12 for the Sharp Square Podcast. This is Hindsight 2020. This is a painful show to do as there's one every year. And I'm proud that we went, look, we went 11 in week. 11 weeks into the year, and frankly, I truly believe, not just being overly optimistic, truly believed that Mike and I had a legitimate shot to win this contest. Thousands of participants, a 64% winning record 11 weeks through, and unfortunately, last week, we have a 2-3 and week. And then this week, two and three. And I know that there's probably going to be some of my favorite analytical people with the, you know, with the abacus and, and doing the math and the exponents and saying, wait, there's still a path. There's still a chance. I'm here to tell you this late in the year, you can't have back to back losing weeks. So the pipe dream, in my opinion, is done. Now I'll see the standings tomorrow. We'll know officially where we are. There's always a chance that people crumbled up at the top of the board, but I just let too much go this week. I I, I just, I should have known I had four favorites in the contest, and I am using the singular a little bit here. One of the toughest obstacles for amateur betters and something that me and that me and Mike have to deal with is, you know, Mike's got so many obligations. You know, he's a, he's got two young kids, he's married, he's got a job that requires a bunch of his time. And in a week like this, Thanksgiving week, he's got a big family. He's, you know, he's got Thanksgiving meals, he's got kids at home from school. There's just so much going on on that I knew come Sunday when Mike showed up. I mean, I I could have written the script that he was going to show up exhausted, that he was going to be kind of spent, that he was going to be happy to be able to sink into the sofa and enjoy the Jets game. But as far as how much was going to come to the table, as far as the contest... I just really wasn't sure, so I made it my goal. I worked double time last week, and I really tried to put myself in a mindset of how Mike would think through a lot of these games, and you know, where could we be? Could I get us to a point that on Sunday I could hand him a slate of five games and say, which I did, here are the games I think we should play. Let me know if you have any clear objections, and if you do have objections, give me a recommendation of how we can change them. And look, I put this all on me. I wanted the ball here. I I wanted to step up for us. I wanted to be able to, to cater a good menu to make the choices minimal on Sunday And I just put bad picks out there. I mean, my Seattle pick, you know, this is shame on me. I'll tell you what. I've been doing pretty well all year with my power ratings. I've been really working hard on this for the past few years where I want to have a rating on every team 
So in every matchup each week, I can strictly put my numbers against each other, factor in the home field, and have an idea of what I thought the line should be. But I think I got a little too caught up in Seattle. I mean, they are a good team, but this idea that they're all around good, they're lousy on defense. Like my rating on Seattle is too high. And I was a hanger on for the Raiders for a long time. But after they lost that Indianapolis game, I dumped them too low. I mean, this is still a potent offense. And in this league, if you can score at any time, you should not feel comfortable laying favorites over a field goal against the Raiders. It's a tough it's a tough proposition. I, I just misrated this game. I don't think, I think, you know, I had some good narrative points on it based on the fact that I've been trusting my power ratings all year. I saw value in this game. I thought this point spread was too low. And then when I was listening to Dream Preview over the weekend, it was like a quadruple like from the guys on Seattle. I felt I felt really good about that game, but... I just misrated this game, and you know, the biggest thing is we sat on Sunday, we had two three-and-a-half-point favorites, and in three games this weekend, I had a, a two-and-a-half-point favorite when I put the Chargers in the contest for us, I put the Seattle game in for us at three-and-a-half, and in both games, both games, a team scores to go down by one towards the final minutes, seconds of the game and goes for two for the win. If you are sitting with underdogs, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be plus one and a half. Now, all of a sudden, any underdog over a point has value because teams are going to do this, especially teams on the road. When teams are on the road and they score late, you don't want to go to overtime. You don't want to play in that hostile crowd. You want to get the win. You want to get out of there. And even forget the road, underdogs, you know, they're going to want to try to get out of town in a lot of games. Hey, have you been out played all day like the Chargers were? I mean, they were a road favorite, but they're like, hey, you know, we're almost lucky to be in this position. Let's try to win this thing now. It's just another, yet another reason why underdogs bark, why the dogs pay, and why people who lay lots of favorites end up losing over time. I went on a gigantic diatribe last week of how you have to be really careful with favorites I end up putting Seattle, bad play. I end up putting the Ravens. Can someone, for crying out loud, just cut my hands off next time I go to bet the Ravens? I mean, seriously, I've never seen a team that moves the ball with such ease. And every time they get in the red zone, I mean, it's like Lucy's playing center, pulling the snap from Lamar every time. They just... They are a disaster. Mark Andrews is dropping passes wide open in the end zone. I mean, this Baltimore team cannot score points when they need to. They make everything look sluggish, 
and they make me look stupid every time I bet them. It just as soon as I saw that, the, here's the deal. Next week, I already know who Baltimore's playing. It's going to be one of two things. I'm going to either tell Mike, you ha- you take whoever you want in the Jacksonville game, or we're going to take the Ravens. And if the Ravens can't cover the spread against the Broncos, I don't care what the number is. If the Ravens can't cover the spread against the Broncos, I seriously, I- I'm going to get rid of every purple item in my house And I'm going to suggest somebody cut my hand off if I try to bet the Ravens again. Unbelievable. The only thing more disappointing than the Ravens is this dummy who keeps betting on them. Um, Let's give a little credit. There was was a couple rights yesterday. Mike had the Jets. uh, Gave a strong handicap on it earlier in the week. Mike not one to back his team often. He lives in the fear of of getting too enthusiastic about the Jets, but he just saw the spot. He liked the number. He had wind. I wanted to get on the Jets right away as soon as he heard about the Mike White replacement. I think this game was a team motivated versus a team that really had trouble finding its identity without Justin Fields. Um, This is a case where, you know, if you're going to lay a favorite, Get them under a touchdown and make sure that you think that this game's going to be a double-digit game. You can't get cute with these favorites. You can't lay three and a half because you think it's going to be a touchdown game. Again, this is an example of a favorite getting home, but the uh, openness for a runaway was there. It was in the handicap. It was a good pick by Mike. The only pick of mine that that Mike really tried to object to was Cleveland. And that makes sense because it was the ugly Betty. Unlike the other plays I tried to make that sounded, you know, they hey, they sound easy. It sounds like the books are giving money away, although we know that never happens. Cleveland was a tough one. And frankly, of all the games yesterday, you can say there was some bad luck in the Jacksonville game. Baltimore's got a nine-point lead in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence is Joe Montana. Um, you know, you can make that argument for that game. It was a little unlucky, but still, it it fit the profile of Baltimore. I don't think so. Cleveland winning that game was pretty damn lucky. Now, fortunately, I think Todd Bowles kind of mismanaged the clock at the end of this game. The, the, the Bucks had timeouts. They were sort of lollygagging around. I was surprised that the Bucks weren't more aggressive. But Cleveland made an unbelievable play to Njoku, the tight end, to get into overtime. They play well and, and get the win outright. I like this game at three and a half. I could never bet on it. I could never get the three and a half clean. It was minus 120 everywhere. So, of course, in a day where I absolutely destroyed my financial future going 0-4 in bets, I couldn't get down on the one game I had right. Quickly, I got to mention Arizona. This is just a case of dead wrong. Completely wrong. Utterly incorrect. I thought that Kyler Murray playing was going to be to my benefit. Now, he's still a bad teammate. He still lacks accountability. And he still was unable to get a first down in three attempts in in the fourth quarter. But the guy was mobile. And his mobility allowed Arizona to have a run game 
My handicap was based on Arizona not being able to take advantage of the Chargers' bad run defense, not having Murray willing to run. I mean, he was roadrunner all over the place out there, scattering around, looked 100% healthy. I thought this was an Arizona team that had quit the week before. They played with passion. They lost the game. But again, because we get in this situation where I need all, it sounds, hey, I just need the Chargers to win by two and a half. But in today's NFL, if you're down by seven and you score, I mean, I knew Dougie was going to do this in the Jacksonville game. If you're down by seven and you score with a minute left, this game ain't falling on any traditional number anymore. It's two point conversion time or bust. I got to adjust, man. I, I this was this was bad on me. I have a feeling. It's cost us any chance to win. We'll see how things shake out. Maybe there's a chance that we can go on some sort of run and at least salvage some sort of prize money. I really would like us to continue on trying to play at 60% if nothing else, but God, I really don't want to go into week 13 with our, you know, participation trophy award on the line. I'd really like there to be more. Won't know till later in the week, but I'll tell you this. I had a bad week. I'm going to step away from it. I'm going to enjoy the Pittsburgh game tonight. I got a little money on that. Try to, to recoup a little bit of the losses from the weekend. And then tomorrow I'm going to take a much needed day off. I need to just let my mind reset. I Burn the midnight oil last week. No excuses, but you work that hard and get such terrible results. I got to step away, recalibrate. We'll be back on Thursday, chipper, better than ever, and you can bet on it.